I hated cooking for myself because I didn't know how to cook well. I didn't know really what I was doing. Um, everything I made came from a box that had instructions. Um, I didn't understand how vegetables work and I definitely couldn't cook any meat. And whenever I realized I was actually like wanting to spend time learning how to do a new chore for myself, essentially, I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually doing something for other parts. And this is like making me feel better. So I was eating better dinner and then waking up the next day. And like the cycle of energy was so good at the beginning. It kind of kept my ball rolling up that big hill of like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You got it. Have you been all in your head about how to follow a ketogenic diet and you are worried about this macro and that macro and how to incorporate fasting and all of the things. And you're getting so overwhelmed with everything. Today's episode is for you. In fact, I recorded this podcast episode many, many, many moons ago in the year 2020. So much has changed. Oh dear. But the message remains the same. We are chatting with Samantha who overcame a whole bunch of struggles on her ketogenic diet. She's sharing with us how she lost 80 pounds, how to just be excited about weight loss and watching the scale go down patiently. So fast forward to now, present day, I am going through a body recomp myself and I'm actually using a touch more carbohydrates than I was comfortable with at first, but like I'm getting into the groove with it. And this is the first time I've really worked hard at recomping my body. And it's been a pretty long process. We're going on about eight months at this point. And I am amazed at how much trust and faith it takes in the process because on a day-to-day basis, when you are standing in front of that mirror, you are not going to see a difference. And even month to month, so much can change. And that scale is going up, down, up, down, or maybe it's even staying the same because you're building muscle on top of this. So it's really not changing, but your body might look a little bit different, but it's taking forever. You need so much trust in the process and patience and trust in yourself to just keep on keeping on. So I hope today's conversation brings some sort of relief for you and maybe some new ideas about how to look at your eating style a little bit differently and kind of like take the edge off. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm so glad that you're on the show today. This is going to be a blast. I just, your energy is just so out there like mine is. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) I think it's going to be really exciting. We're very, two very positive people. So. It's so true. So I'd love, I'd love for you to share 
about you. And I'd love to start really highlighting where you were at before you found keto and then kind of follow your experience over the last five years of eating keto. I'd love to just start off with what was your life like before you did keto? That's such a good question. Um, Past Sam is such a person that I love still. If you ever follow me on Instagram, um, Keto Sam I am, I talk about Past Sam all the time. Um, She was a very sad and not very kind person. Um, Didn't have anything nice to say to anybody. I mean, even herself. I wasn't treated well by partners and I didn't have really any ambitions for myself. And, um, I was like fresh dropped out of college, didn't have a dollar to my name. I had a bed and a TV and an apartment and had a crappy job. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, why is everything so terrible? All at, like, what am I doing so wrong that like, I'm so unhappy and I can't make friends and I can't do all these things. Like what is wrong with me? And I decided that like getting healthy was going to be the first like big step to feeling better about myself. Like I had, you know, I didn't dress nicely and I didn't take care of myself because I just didn't like myself. I mean, to be honest, I started dabbling in here and there, ate some rice, ate some chicken, ate some vegetables. Like I knew that was the key and like nothing happened. So, okay, that wasn't it. (laughs) I had done so many like bad diets and trying to diet and figure it out. But at the end, the Cheetos always won. I remember being up late one night on Instagram. I didn't even have like an Instagram at the pay at, at that time. And I was scrolling and some woman was like, hot wings. This is the best diet I've ever been on. I'm like, what diet is this? And I would like to be included in this. And that's how I found out what keto was. And then I started like Googling and mostly I just use a lot of Instagram because that's all we had at that time. There was Reddit and there was Instagram and those were the keto communities. And I fell into the Instagram one and it took a while to change who that person was, but man, five years later, totally different person. It's so cool because that's how I found out what keto was too. I was on Instagram late at night and a friend had posted a picture of like, I think it was like a meat stick and a diet Coke and sour cream or something disgusting. And I, and I saw the hashtag keto. I was like, what is this? And then I clicked on it and it was all this garbage. And I was like, as a nutritionist, I'm like, what are these people doing <laughs> to their bodies? This is no good. And that's kind of what got me into it. But you were hooked because you're like hot wings. I want this. I want all of this magic. <laughs> yes. Whatever I could. Oh, I can eat that. And it's on a diet. Okay. So I went, the, I went the, what can I eat on this diet? And then I'll do this diet. So I went a little bit backwards. <laughs> I love this. And so at what point, At what point did you know, like, so you started on the ketogenic diet and back then, so we're talking 2015, there really was not a lot of information. I'm guessing just like me, you screwed up a whole bunch at the beginning because you didn't have any information as to what to do. Yes. Um, no information all. So I started keto January 26th of 2016. So right at the beginning of the year and there was no information on it. Like you didn't, and like, honestly, I couldn't even use like read a nutritional label. So not only was there no information on like how to be keto, but like, you know, you're told eat 20 grams of carbs or less. You're like, how do I know what has carbs in it? Cause I didn't even understand what a carb was at that point. Um, so it was a lot of just copying other people's meals. I like to look back at that time on Instagram because there is a lot of people just eating bunless burgers, hot dogs, anything with cheese, a lot of like whoopsie bread. We only had three recipes that you could make that made anything remotely close to something that had carbs in it. One time I do remember, so Wingstop was like my go-to 
and I had it probably three times a week because I could eat a ton of hot wings in one sitting and I was still keto and it was fine. So it felt like eating out it was a treat. And I remember going on to an app and reading, uh, looking up the the French fries at Wingstop. And it was like seven grams of carbs for like this many French fries. I was like, oh, I can fit seven grams of carbs in. Okay. So that was totally wrong. And the, the app was totally wrong. I didn't realize till the next day when I went and re-Googled, like I Googled it instead. I ate like way too many carbs. It didn't really matter at that point. So I was still learning it. You know, I wish even new people knew that like, a lot of us messed up all the time on like our carb count at the beginning and like we still made it to the end. So it's, it's still possible even with the mistakes. That's so true. That is so true. How many mistakes you make, especially because you coming into it, didn't even know what a carb was. You know, that was like when I got diagnosed with celiac disease and they're like, you can't eat gluten. I was like, okay, no bread. I can do this. And probably for like three months, I kept eating everything but bread thinking that I was gluten free now. So it sounds like very similar of just, you have no clue. And so at what point did you feel like, whoa, I'm on to something here. Like things are clicking. I'm noticing X, Y, Z. Like what was that point for you? Was there a certain point for you? Um, I like to think it was at, at my job. I, I, I worked at my job like 10 hours a day at that point. And the fact that I could get through the whole day um, have, and I, I was eating foods I loved. I was eating all the cheese and the processed meats. I was eat, drinking like two big, heavy cream Starbucks drinks a day because they were delicious and they fit into my diet. But what I found was at the end of the day, even when I went home and it was 637, I still had the energy to cook myself dinner. And like, to me, that was such a turning point because I hated cooking for myself because I didn't know how to cook well. I didn't know really what I was doing. Um, everything I made came from a box that had instructions. Um, I didn't understand how vegetables work and I definitely couldn't cook any meat. And whenever I realized I was actually like wanting to spend time learning how to do a new chore for myself, essentially, I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually doing something for other parts. And this is like making me feel better. So I was eating better dinner and then waking up the next day. And like the cycle of energy was so good at the beginning. It kind of kept my ball rolling up that big hill of like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You got it. And that's so awesome. And at what point did you ever incorporate fasting or did that kind of come naturally? Like what was your relationship to fasting? So I'll be honest. The only reason I did fasting was I, okay. So I ate off plan at least once a month for two years when I started keto. I, I could not stay on plan. I couldn't, I just, I loved all the treats and stuff like that once once a month and I would just overdo it once a month. But I mean, two years, I still lost 70 pounds and I had about 15 pounds left. Um, and that's when I started incorporating fasting, which worked really well because at the beginning, like I'd wake up in the morning and I would still drink some black coffee or something like that, but it would push me through the whole day and I'd have like tons of energy and, and it really came naturally. And then when it stopped coming as naturally, I quit doing it because I got to my goal and I was still doing the fasting thinking, oh, this is really helping with my energy. But once I hit my goal, the fasting wasn't as needed as I thought it was. So it was just a means to the end for the fasting, really. I cannot even tell you how many times I get messages from listeners, maybe you're one of them, saying that you could slam two, three, four, five keto protein bars in one sitting. I too majorly struggle with this to the point where I can't even have them in the house. To the point like, I can't even think, like even thinking about keto 
protein bars has me wanting one. <laughs> it's a huge challenge because there are some days where that take along with you bar is convenient and in many ways, like a necessity. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced, a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros, because a lot of those keto bars out there are super sweet, really tasty, and you just can't have one. Like it's just not even possible. Where my body would be like satiated by having one and not searching for more and more and more and more. Maybe you can relate to this. So after a long time of searching, I found that very bar. It's been a couple of years. I love this bar. I still eat it today. And here are the ingredients. All organic, cashew butter, tapioca fiber syrup, bone broth protein, dried apples, dates, pumpkin seeds, a superfood blend of kale, broccoli, spinach, aceola cherry, wild blueberry, spirulina, ginger, turmeric, lecithin, cinnamon, flavor, organic flavor, Himalayan pink sea salt, rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. They are just a little bit sweet, so satisfying, and I've never had more than one in a sitting. It just hits the spot and I move on with my life. Every bar is made with certified organic antioxidant-rich superfoods. They're cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars or artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols. They're very low in natural sugars, four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and they're all whole food based. You can head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to check out their amazing superfood bars and get 15% off your order. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto for their superfood bars. That's awesome. And I, I think a lot of people that are starting keto, especially now, because there's so much information out there and they're getting like, you can do fasting and glucose um, regulation fasting and autophagy fasting and all these different things, plus all the recipes and everything you can do. And now you need electrolytes and it can get so overwhelming and they feel like, okay, day one, I have to fast for 18 hours. Plus I have to do this and that. And the other thing, it was almost a blessing in disguise to kind of start off when there wasn't a lot of information. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. I also think it was a blessing in disguise that we started when there wasn't thousands of products. Like we really had to shop in certain parts of the store. And like, you know, when people are like, Hey, have you tried this new product? I was I'm like, I have it. And they're like, why not? I'm like, we didn't need any of this stuff. Like we, we ate fine for years with so, with so little of these things that I feel like people think they see them everywhere and think, Oh, I have to have these products. Like realistically, we don't need any of them. So that, that it does make it very interesting when we, when we got to start our journey to the journeys that are starting now where they're bombarded with, you know, if you're not fasting, you're not doing it right. Or if you're not doing this, you're not doing it right. And to me, you started keto and you eat around 20 grams of carbs. You're already doing it right. And that's the main part of it is just the keeping your carbs low. Yeah. So would you say that's kind of your advice for people that want to stay in their own lane? Like I know even after myself eating keto for six years, I think because, you know, I work with people one-on-one and all in nutrition, it's very easy for me to stay in my own lane. But even, even that, when I see other nutritionists eating a certain way, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should try that. Or maybe that product would help me more. And how do you, how do you stay focused on knowing your body and trusting that your approach works? I like to think since we've been doing it for so long, that really, really helps us. Um, and also it's so social media is such a mind 
jumbler that you have to remember that those people are there for a reason. They have intent and your intent and their intent is not always going to be the same in that we did this without all of the stuff at the beginning. So like you can do this with all, it's keto is so free. You don't need anything. Buy a couple good cookbooks and like, you're going to be peachy. Don't stress about it. And you're not going to do it wrong. Like, I feel like people are always like worried they're going to do keto wrong, but like the only wrong way you can do keto is if you're doing keto and then you keep eating carbs. That's it. Like everything else is just kind of icing on the keto cake, but the carbs, keeping them low. That's the keto cake. Everything else is just decoration. So what I'm hearing from you is the only wrong way to do keto is not doing keto. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And like, I I will be honest, and I don't know if you would include this, but I don't think keto is for everybody. I do think eating a lower carb diet in whole foods makes the most sense, but I don't think that, I just don't think everything is for everybody. So if you feel like you're having a hard time fasting, maybe that's not for you, or you have a hard time adding something into your diet that everybody else is doing or something like that. Like just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean like it would work for you or you have to do that too, to be successful. I would agree with that. I think the bio-individuality of people is so incredibly important. And when we stop thinking for ourselves and we stop um, listening to our bodies, that's when we can start doing things to just that just don't work. Like no matter how much I eat keto granola, even though they say it's low carb, it's still going to spike my glucose and I'm still going to feel like a hot mess and it's still going to give me diarrhea, period. Like I can't, I just can't eat the stuff, right? So it's, it's really important to stay focused. And since we were talking about products, I'd love to know, do you like certain products? Are you like anti-product? I don't like any keto products. I just eat whole foods. What's your jam? So I'm very like middle of the road because I have some like really sassy opinions about some products in our space and I have some very positive things to say about other products. So like I use a meter and I really like my meter because it does more functions than all the other drunk meters. So like there's a reason I like this meter and it does more and it has more value than these other things. So I think in the products, there are products that have more value than other products like nutritionally or to make your life better or things like that. But I'm a stickler. I I mean, you have to really like get me on your side for me to be on your side. Um, I've had a couple companies that like don't want to work with me because they're worried that like, I'll have an opinion other people, which is, it makes me laugh too, because I'm just like, okay, I get that. But like, what does that say about your product a little bit? Like if, if Sam's going to say something like, and, and I don't do that often to people and I don't really throw products under the bus or anything like that, because I also, I also think something that I don't like, you might like, and like something you like, I might not like either, which is okay. We should be okay with like not having the same opinions about all the products. Um, but I do think there's a spot and there's a space for a lot of stuff that like I do like, like I am such a sweets person that I will always make room for fake sweeteners and I will always make room to try the new coolest ice cream and things like that. Do I eat them all the time? Absolutely not. Um, but I do want to try them kind of see what they're about. That's about it. I would agree with you, Sam. Like, Oh, I can't tell you, like I receive so much product and I'm sure you're in the same boat. And I've had to like, say like, please do not send me anything else. And I've started making YouTube videos. If your product sucks, I will take time out of my day <laughs> to make a YouTube video and post it because it, it's getting very loud. And there's so many products out there and there's so many companies out there that it can be really overwhelming. Just like you said, like, how am I supposed to know? And I do make room, like I'm looking right now at, <laughs> there's a box on the side of my dresser from project seven, the gummy bears with allulose. 
I really like them. They're really tasty. Would I eat them all the time? No. The interesting thing is the more products that come out, the more I'm realizing some are not so good and some are pretty good. Like I had other gummy bears from Kiss My Keto. Oh, they were so sweet and disgusting and they gave me the worst stomach pains. But then having these, they're pretty good and they're not overly sweet and they don't hurt my stomach. And so I agree with you. There's that fine line. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm blacklisted on a couple of companies too. Like don't send her product. She will say that it's horrible. And I think it's unfortunate too. Just like you said, you know, there are some people whose intentions are so aligned with your own and they're just there to help you. And they're passionate about keto and they want to share, you know, just like you, like, this is how great my life is. Now you need to at least try this if you're being, if you're being called to, but then there's other companies and people who see keto, see the dollar signs and they're just there to make a buck and make a really subpar product. Yeah. It's really, and it's hard. Cause like even just being an influencer, where, where are we supposed to do this? Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a hard little, it's a hard little thing with the products. Um, I do have probably 10 products. I really do love those, um, project seven gummy bears were fantastic. I also got them and loved them. I know they were so good. They were so good. I did a whole Halloween candy hoopla on live one week and we just tried. I mean, I was so sick at the end of it. I ate so much junk, but, um, we tried all of the candies. I mean, I got Russell Stover's. I got everything to try and like talk about. I feel like some of the things that we, that I loved whenever I first started keto have been like vilified by other keto products and like, okay, but like, I still, I still ate Russell Stover's. I ate it for years and still lost weight. So like as much as like, yeah, it is absolutely full of junk, but it wasn't a Snickers and it was still a better option for me. And it made me feel like I didn't fall off the the wagon. It made me feel like I didn't, you know, have a bad day. And like that mental mindset was such a bigger issue than if it had junk in it for me. Like, cause the mental fight is, especially for somebody that has that, that binge eats, the mental fight is a lot bigger than like the ingredient fight some days. So like, I just have to kind of pick my battles as they come. Yeah, that's so true. We were chatting about that with a a couple of my clients the other day, just like some people are purists and they can totally like look at all the ingredients and get really nitty gritty about it all. I'm kind of like that, but there are some things like you, like I, I know that I could never get up, give up candy. Like that's just that's just not an option for me. And I don't want a life where I don't eat candy. And I also don't want a life where I'm constipated all the time. So if I need to take something that helps me with constipation once in a while, even though studies show blah, 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 I'm going to take it. And I think you're right. You do need to choose your battles. And I, I didn't see your Halloween video and now I'm upset that I didn't because that would have been great to watch. So thank you for putting that together. (laughs) It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was, I even bought some companies that I don't really care for just so I can be like, okay, I tried it again. I still don't care for this. And it was, it was a good time, but I totally agree with you with the, um, cause I do think a lot of new ketoers get stuck in the, this is my lane. I'm going to stay in forever. Right. Like I'm sure whenever you started keto, you're like, I'm probably going to try to not eat as much candy because this is something that I know that's not really good for me. But then somewhere in the, in those, in that driving, you're like, mm, maybe I need to get over a lane. Cause I really do miss this. And like, I really like being in this main keto lane, but I really, these other things bring joy to my life. And as long as they're not, you know, detrimental to your health, I don't see why that's such a a bad thing either. Because I do think people, you know, like to naysay and say, Oh, like, I can't believe you eat that. And like, I think if they one knew how many people probably eat those things, they wouldn't say stuff like that. And two, like, sometimes they, you know, they pick and choose. They're like, I can't believe you eat that. And then you go look at what stuff they eat. And you're like, 
I mean, this is the same stuff in a different form. So like, it's just, you know, don't, people's opinions are just, you know, take with a grain of salt and kind of do what works for you. It's so true. It's so true. And, and you mentioned binge eating. And I think that, that, you know, as somebody who has a history of an eating disorder, I need to be careful with the information that I bring into my life and who I surround myself with and the commentary. And I guess what we're really getting at is this bio-individuality is so important and what works for one is not going to work for another. Somebody might be hearing our conversation and be like, what? You eat candy on your ketogenic diet? It's like, it's either Honestly, it's either a bag of gummy bears once in a while, or I will go to bulk barn and buy like $20 worth of gummies and eat them in my car. And that's not a good, yeah, I'm sure you can relate. Like that's not a good position for me to be in. (laughs) No. And that's the same with um, other things. So as a binge eater, there's things on keto that I've been eat also. And like moon cheese is one of them. And I told my husband, do not let me buy moon cheese. And he did anyways, but (laughs) one, it's hidden in my house. And two, it's one of those things like as you, I feel like as you change your diet into more of a keto lifestyle or just even more whole foods, you realize there's little things that do trigger you wanting to eat them like moon cheese and different things like that. So like, even though it's a keto approved food, when I say I don't eat this, it's probably because it's keto approved, but like not same approved. So it's probably something that doesn't really fit into my daily so like if it's, you know, really regular gummy bears that definitely don't fit into your daily, but a bag of fake gummy bears do, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm so happy you mentioned the keto friendly foods. Like I choose not to have chocolate in the house because I will just eat so much and it will make me feel so anxious. And although, you know, if I mix it with some coconut oil, it's totally keto approved, but man, like I ate too much chocolate yesterday. We went out and I had too much chocolate and I was so anxious. I couldn't even function. Like I was just a hot mess. I'm like, Kevin, my husband also, don't let me get this stuff. And no, it's so true. Um, you mentioned cookbooks. Do you have some favorites or like, cause you cook a lot. Like where do you get your inspiration? How do you plan your meals? What do you use? So, um, of course I have some of your cookbooks and I'll be really honest. I don't use a lot of cookbooks. And the reason was they didn't fit my budget. When I started keto, I was like a super broke chick that couldn't afford a lot of stuff. I shopped at the dollar tree for everything I cooked with and all my ingredients. So I tried, I always try to like, even to this day, I can afford all the cookbooks I could ever want, but I like to find recipes online so that when I share them, people don't have to go buy a cookbook because I want to be as accessible as I can for as many people coming from a place where I couldn't get cookbooks. I will say that Natasha Newton's Southern Keto book, like cookbook, it's only called Southern Keto, but it's Natasha Newton. There's two of them. I don't know the other person is one of the best beginner cookbooks. And it's not because it's a beginner cookbook, but because she only uses between five and seven or eight ingredients. It's really everything you can buy at the grocery store. I've leaned on that book so many times like myself that that cookbook is something like I've gifted to other people. Like, hey, this is, you know, 100 recipes. They're really easy and I hope you love them. And and they're just so easy that I think they're really easy enough where anybody could make them, even kiddos. Yeah. I think the simplicity is so, so important and accessibility. And I love that you're using like publicly created or publicly accessible rather content so that other people can access it. Cause I think that is a huge concern. You know, people see, you know, for myself, you know, I eat really high quality meats cause I can afford it now. Um, exactly. you know, if I would have started keto in my mid twenties, there's no way that I would be eating fancy meats and all the things. Like it was just my, I remember my grocery, grocery budget was $20 a week like period. That was it. Like I just didn't have any more money. And so shopping at 
you know, in Canada, the dollar store, um, Dollar Tree, those sorts of things. Um, any other tips for people that are on a really tight budget when it comes to keto and maybe feeling like they can't do it because they don't have enough budget for it? Yeah. My biggest tip in the, like the couple things that I did is I always bought whatever meat was on sale was what we were eating for the week. Um, so I learned how to cook a lot of different cuts of meat that you wouldn't, and um, don't be scared of, of different meats. Um, I was always scared of anything that wasn't like ground beef or steak or like chicken breast or I, I, I just didn't know what all these other cuts were. Um, don't be scared to Google a cut and try to figure out a new recipe. I always buy anything that's on sale. If eggs were on sale, eggs were going to be eaten the whole week. So my biggest tip is whatever's on sale is what you're eating that week. Vegetables, meat, that's what you're eating this week. You know, stock up on eggs when they're cheap. Almond milk is not budget friendly. So don't, like, it's just not it's like almond milk is totally a waste of income. Like buy some heavy cream and add some water. If you want some almond milk or something, like, it's such a waste of money. Like there's little things like that, that I wish I could tell people like almond milk's a waste of money. And like eggs are great, but you don't have to buy the best eggs and, and you know, meat's great, but you don't have to buy grass fed everything. Yeah. I think that's a really good tip. And actually in, I think it was my first book, the orange one, the keto diet, I found prices for each of the nuts and seeds. And I broke it down with like, this is the cheapest. I think sunflower seeds at the time were the cheapest. So I remember going to different bulk stores and I would buy the cheapest nut and seed. And then I would live on that until there was a sale and I would make flour with it and I would make milk with it. And cause I can't do dairy. So I made do with it. But that tip of just like whatever's on sale, you learn to love it and you learn to use it. And that's just what you do. And that right. totally works. And I like to think, you know, most diets, like that typical diets that aren't keto diets, you're about to eat food you don't like anyways. So on keto, you might eat some things you don't like, like vegetables or certain kind of meat, but you can put some butter on it or some cheese. Like, like you can doctor things up to kind of make them a little bit better or like just to make it through the meal. Like I've done that plenty of times where I've made something and be like, okay, just got to make this edible, just got to get this you know, down. So just don't be scared to try some new things, especially vegetables. Um, I know everybody's like fresh vegetables are the best, but like if you like canned green beans, that's the only green beans you're going to eat eat some canned green beans. I mean, you know, don't, don't force yourself and paint yourself into this corner when there's, there's so many other options. And if, you know, somebody says you shouldn't eat things like that, like, sure. But like, if you're not going to eat fresh and you will eat frozen, like go with the frozen. It's not that illegal. Motivation is a huge reason why I delayed getting started with going to the gym. It's as simple as that. I just wasn't motivated. I didn't have the willpower and the productivity and the drive. And maybe you can relate to this. Perhaps you have every intention to do certain things and you just don't have the juice. <laughs> you just don't have that willpower. Well, our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, Qualamind, and it's been changing people's lives for years now. You want willpower? It'll provide it. You want that juice, that motivation to perform your life goals and really get it done? Quality of mind. For help with daily mental performance and help supporting long-term brain health, I think Qualia Mind is indispensable. It's so cool to take a product where you don't have to wonder if it's working because I notice a difference in just a couple of days. To my focus, mood, memory, willpower, I actually get things done. 
The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on supporting mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, so you have almost three months to try Qualia Mind at no financial risk and decide for yourself. See what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. Go to neurohacker.com slash KDP. That's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com slash KDP for $100 off by just going to that link. And as a listener to the Keto Diet Podcast, use the code KDP at checkout for an extra 15% off your purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash KDP to try Qualia Mind with code KDP to experience the life-changing mental performance provided by Qualia Mind. Yeah, that variety is really important. And there's a lot of dialogue in people's minds of, oh, but I can't do this and I have to do that. And there's so many rules and all the things. I think that can definitely compete against what they just do. And you're really creative with your vegetables. Like I've seen you love okra. Like you've had okra. Like, okay, tell us how you prepare your okra because that is just fascinating to me. So the okra was actually kind of a goof. I bought some fresh okra and I was like, I'm going to make this like Tabitha Brown. That was my idea. She makes it on one of her TikToks and she's like, it's not like gooey or anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I got fresh okra and I baked it and it still didn't get very crunchy and it was fine. It tasted fine to me, Um, but I did stick in the air fryer for about five minutes. So roasting some vegetables and then popping them in the air fryer for about three or four minutes, like gives the vegetable, keeps its integrity a little bit more and doesn't just dry it out into this like like gross shell of air fried like okra. Like there's, there is a fine line between the air fryer can't do like cook things from beginning to end all of the time. Sometimes it's just the finisher, just like the broiler just finishes something at the end also. Yeah. I used to have an air fryer, um, a couple months ago and then we moved into a home and there's an oven and I keep wanting to roast my vegetables and then they get all soggy and gross. And I'm like, I like the air fryer, but it made it like too dry and it would crumble. So that's a great, I never even thought about roasting it in the, in the oven almost to done and then putting it in the air fryer. See, that's smart. That's smart. And there's a ton of vegetables on your page. And I actually saw, you know, I went back in preparation for our interview. I like scrolled all the way down and I noticed that you probably incorporated more vegetables over the last couple of years. Would you say like there weren't vegetables on your page? A while there ago, n- there was not vegetables on my page for many of years. If you scrolled that far back, I know some of the photos you saw. Did you notice how none of my food touched either? None of my food ever touched on my plate. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know yeah. I don't know why. I just couldn't get, and I still have trouble like mixing things together. Like vegetables and meat and stuff should like be mixed together in some meals. And I'm like, nah, I really like them separated. So, you know, you get, I know people are going to be like, no way, but like you get tired of meat and cheese and bacon and butter. Like you do get genuinely tired of eating those same things. And when I incorporated more vegetables, cause I didn't like vegetables. I didn't like any vegetables. Like, I mean, you could not talk me into a vegetable unless it was peas or salad covered with everything that wasn't salad. Right. But whenever I started getting really strict and I decided that I wanted to track my macros and I wanted to Mostly, I was trying to get the most bang for my buck calorie-wise, and vegetables will do it for you. So I see this happen a lot. People um, don't understand how they think this one, like, so their meal will consist of a meat and like a cheese, and they're like, 
I'm still hungry and I don't have any more like room left. Well, cause they didn't incorporate enough vegetables to, to give them some bulk. Cause if you're like me, you're a binge eater and your brain wants bulk. And I know we shouldn't be enforcing those kind of habits and things like that. But like, if you're trying to learn a new lifestyle, knowing what your brain's going to kind of do and expect does help. So like, I don't eat as much bulk now as I did whenever, um, I like started keto, but I've incorporated other things like vegetables, which are bulkier and learning how to cook them in ways that maybe people aren't aware of like okra or starting it from a frozen vegetable and putting in the air fryer works almost every time it, it dries it back out and it takes a little bit longer, but I mean, it, it does work. Finding out what does work, trying new vegetables I would never have tried before has also helped a lot. And not being scared to throw away a vegetable. Like I've probably bought okra three times before I like tried it and ate it and liked it. So like I wasted $7 on learning to like okra, but it was totally worth it. Yeah. That was like endive for me. Like I must've bought so much endive. <laughs> and finally I was like, okay, I am going to sit down with this thing and figure out how this works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you gotta be not worried about it might be gross, but that's okay. You can buy another one and you can try again. Not like I was always scared of like wasting food, but vegetables are one of those things that they usually are pretty cheap and they're, they're worth trying to, to see what would work and what doesn't work. And also a lot of vegetables will give you the feel of things like you miss. Like my air fried green beans are something I eat all of the time right now. And they remind me of gourmet french fries like they taste like a french fry they give me a saltiness like a french fry i even eat them with my fingers like a french fry to get the whole and it does it scratches the itch and i think they're better <laughs> so that's amazing and would like past sam hear you just say that and be like you're a liar <laughs> like there's no way yeah. like green beans really yeah. And it's funny because I actually did live and my mom was watching and I was talking about green beans and like growing up, I had a sister who she ate green beans and I ate peas. And I was like, I hate green beans and she hated peas. And like, that was always our thing. So now I actually like green beans a lot and don't eat any peas for the most part. So, um, I like to think like people that knew me 10 years ago, if they met me now, they wouldn't know who I am. Like, there's no way. <laughs> That's amazing. Just to see how far you've come and even what you've learned about your body and what you've allowed for yourself. I, I agree with you on the volume eating. I need to feel, I need to feel the fullness. It's always been a thing for me. And so I'll, I'll load it up with vegetables, like iceberg lettuce, just to like feel the fullness so that I can walk away being like, yes, satisfying. Cause if I don't have yes. that fullness, I just keep seeking for more food and I end up <laughs> way overeating. Right. And then you're overeating on things like I mean, you could overeat on green beans or you can overeat on like handfuls of moon cheese. Like those things are a little bit different. And, and even in that same aspect, whenever, cause like I do like to eat as a hobby. And um, so like even having green beans or vegetable there as a snack, I know some people don't like equivalent snacks with like vegetables, but it, it helps like a plateful of green beans. I know that doesn't sound exciting, but it's a whole snack for 50 calories and it's like, a, it's a healthy snack. Yes, completely. And so tell us about your cooking classes and kind of how they started your Tuesday things. Like I'm sure I really enjoy them, but why don't you share with us what they are and how people can join in? Sure. So I, I'm keto Sam. I am at keto.sam.im on Instagram. And every Tuesday at 630 central time, we do live cooking together and it's, Usually it's just recipes. Like I kind of just think of them off the top of my head the week before I'm trying to get better about having a schedule. Um, but they're things that sometimes are things like people are scared to make. Um, Maria Emmerich's pudding is one of them that was made with bold eggs. Like people are like, Oh my God, 
public and I know and it looks gross and delicious. Um, some things I try to make that like look difficult that really are only like two steps that make it, I want to make cooking more accessible to everybody because I didn't know how to cook either. And cooking is so intimidating, especially when you watch it on TV or you talk to somebody that has cookbooks or something like that. You're like, oh, they know all the cooking knowledge. And it's like, I don't even know all the cooking knowledge and I do it. I do it too. And you can do it too. And I like to bring that to, um, to live. We, we have a lot of fun. We do, we do giveaways and I do have like a close knit group of women that show up every week. So it's really fun that we have something going on all the time and they're really invested in like the kitchen and like what I'm getting new. And, you know, we try new products and I get to be a little bit more myself on there also, which is really nice. Um, cause I'm kind of goofy and dorky and I laugh a lot and I laugh at myself and I make a lot of mistakes. Like I have had complete meltdowns, like meltdowns on live from like thinking it's going to go a certain way to like just being a blob of food on my, like, I mean, it's gone, it's gone really, really wrong, really fast. But I started it whenever they gave us the ability to go live on Instagram. And I know you were around then this was probably four and a half years. So like right at the, I've been on Instagram for about a year then people were going on live and like just doing it to like talk to other people on live. Cause we didn't know what we were supposed to be doing on there. It wasn't like a show and nobody was like putting any time and effort into any of it. And I started talking to my friend, my best friend, soul, and we still video chat in Instagram DMs every single day, the same way. And we started like hanging out together on live. And eventually I started like starting my dinner on live. So I was like, okay, like it's nine 30 and I haven't done anything for dinner yet. Cause I've been hanging out on Instagram all day. And I started like slowly, like just chopping my vegetables on Instagram. And eventually it turned into me like making whole recipes, teaching people how to debone like a chicken thigh, you know, here's a cool way to make this and that. And then now it's turned into like, I put the pressure on myself, but I want it to be more of like a TV show. I want y'all to show up. I want people to be excited about whatever we're going to make or like curious about what we're going to make or what you're going to see, or at least just come and like, have a good time. We laugh a lot. We tell a lot of jokes. I talk a lot about the products and the companies and a lot of that kind of stuff that um, kind of stays off the page and only stays on live. <laughs> That's so fun. And it's so great. I think the internet is such a wonderful place when you get out of the whole social media craziness and you kind of just look at how much community we're able to build using the internet and the fact that we're able to have this conversation and share it. It still blows my mind, I guess, for people that are younger and have always had the internet, you know, it's kind of just like a da thing. But you know, 20 years ago, this wasn't even an option to do this kind of stuff, right, right. you know, and it's just, it's, it's such a cool it's such a cool thing. And I think especially as you relate to your like past self, I'd love to kind of end today talking about if you could speak to your old self and give her like some tips, what would they be? You know, it's almost the beginning of the year. People are starting to look at keto and maybe they're already getting overwhelmed with their new year's resolutions. Um, right. What advice do you have for people that are looking to get into keto? Um, a couple things. Um, trust the process. The keto whoosh will happen. We never talk about the keto whoosh anymore. And I don't know why, but it's such an important, like ingrained thing, like in my brain still, even if it's not even a true fact, the keto whoosh is always there. Don't compare yourself to others. I've been here for five years. You've been here for almost seven now. Like don't, don't compare to us. We're not the people you need. Like we'll help you get to where we are. We promise. So don't compare yourself. And it's not, it's not a race. I can't say that enough. And I, I, I don't have any knowledge beyond like, I don't know if faster is better or slower is better, but I know that like I got here and it took me 
three and a half years, three years. And I know other people will get there faster or slower, but like, we'll all get here together. I promise. We, the end is going to be there for everybody. So there's not really a race. There's no race. And my last thing is you're not doing it wrong because if you already had the conversation with yourself that I need to change something because something's not working, you're already on the right path because you already decided something you're doing is not working. And I really, I hope that keto is the next thing that gets you on the, Oh, this is going to work. And it takes time. It takes effort and you're going to cry and it's going to be hard and you're going to make mistakes, but like you will get to the end. It's there. It's there for everybody. Sam, that was so beautiful and so inspiring. And I love that you mentioned the boosh because nobody talks about the boosh anymore. And I actually brought it up in a presentation a couple of weeks ago and people's faces were like, huh? And I'm like, oh, right. Nobody talks about this. So for those of you who are like, what's the whoosh? Basically your fat cells are really, really big and they're holding a lot of fat. And as you burn fat, those fat cells fill up with water because fat cells don't want to be loose, loose and goosey, like a deflated balloon. They want to be like tight and good. So it fills up with water. And so over time, your body will then all of a sudden you'll usually wake up one day and you'll be down quite a lot of weight because your fat cells then shrink and that water's taken out. So that's the whoosh, how I kind of overcome that. If people just can't have a whoosh and they're like, I'm holding on for the whoosh. It's not working. <laughs> if your body doesn't have an enough carbohydrates, right? If you don't have glycogen and um, there's no glucose being stored in your cells, if you were to have a carb up where you eat more carbs and Sam, you said like, I wasn't on plan, things weren't really working, but it was working. That's probably what was happening is you were eating the carbohydrates in order for a carbohydrate to be processed. Um, it needs water. And so where does that water come from? Well, it comes from those cells. So sometimes carb ups can help with the whoosh effect. And you're right. Not a lot of people talk about the whoosh anymore and you need to hold for the whoosh. Like the whoosh is a real thing. <laughs> the whoosh is a real thing. And, it, and the whoosh is like a mantra. It'll get you. You're like, it's just a whoosh is coming. A whoosh is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll spend two days drinking so much water and you're like, why am I drinking so much water? And then one day you'll spend the whole day in the bathroom whoosh. and then whoosh, it happened. You wake up the next day and it's like, oh, it happened finally. And like, you know, we got to bring it back. We got to bring the whoosh back. Cause the whoosh I think was such more... Even though it happens, I think the mental like mantra of the whoosh coming really does help you. You're like, oh, it's coming any day now. The whoosh is going to happen. <laughs> That's so true. Thank you so much for bringing it up. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is a blast. I had a feeling it would be so I'm happy about all of this. And I will include a link in the show notes. Uh, so you all can check out Sam's Instagram and follow her and love on all the things that she creates. So Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to connect. I hope you enjoyed our time with Sam. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you back here next Tuesday for another episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. 
please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.